Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. I take eyes to see. I take ears to hear. I forgive everybody of everything. I receive supernatural debt cancellation. The Word of God that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Opening Bibles to Joshua chapter 1 with me. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Tonight we'll start with verse 2. So one of the things we did in the first five, six weeks of the year, and we picked up a month ago on Wednesday nights with our Horizon series, we've been looking at the people of Israel crossing to the Promised Land, and specifically what God told Joshua and the responsibility God gave to Joshua. So Joshua chapter 1. Verse 2, God told Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of the Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto your fathers to give, you, give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn out from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper whithersoever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have good success. So we've been looking at different things regarding these passages. What does it mean to be strong, to have a strong spirit, to have a courageous heart? We talked about last week, the observer prospers. But let's go back to verse 6. Verse 6, it says, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall you divide an inheritance of the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. So my question for you tonight, which is the tonight's title, tonight's message, is what shall you do? What shall you do? God told Joshua, this is what you shall do. You shall divide an inheritance. Go back to Deuteronomy 31, a few pages backward. Deuteronomy 31, verse 23. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun charge and said, Be strong and of a good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel and to the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with you. 
Now, one of the things is when you say shall, it's the strongest word in the English language talking about the command and what's going to happen. What will you do? So instead of saying you might do it, you may do it, you will do it, you shall do it. So my question for you tonight is what shall you do? God gave Joshua his shall. Joshua knew his instructions from the Lord. Now, when we go back to Joshua 1, verse 8, the Lord told him to meditate the book of the law, which is the first five books of the Bible. So when you read the first five books of the Bible, there are specific scriptures that are talking to Joshua or about Joshua. So when Joshua reads over the book of the law, he is reading out loud, because that word meditate means to mutter, to say, to roar, to imagine, to think on, what he is going to do. So he'll get to this verse, and it says, Joshua, you shall do this. So what is he doing? He is speaking what he's going to do in his life. See, when I ask you the question, what shall you do, it's important because your promised land and your mountain need to hear your voice. Your promised land and your mountain need to hear your voice. Joshua, as he's reading the book of law every single day, day and night, he's in the promised land, and he is saying what he shall do. So on days he feels weak, he is saying what he shall do. On days he feels strong, he's saying what he shall do. On days when they're coming up in a possible battle, he's saying what he shall do. So think about it. However long it took for them from the period of the days of mourning to when they crossed over to the promised land to when they're walking around Jericho beginning the conquest of the promised land, how many times Joshua has read through the book of the law or things he may have said? So before he ever gets to the battle, his words went before him. See, we talked about a few Sundays ago, your dream sets your agenda. I'll add to that, your mouth sets your course. Your dream sets your agenda. Your mouth sets your course. So what shall you do? Your promised land and your mountain needs to hear your voice. Psalm 27 verse 8 says, David speaking, says, When you said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto you, Your face, Lord, will I seek. So the Lord told David a command, and David replied, This is what I'm going to do. So when God tells us to do something or we can do something, our reply has to be, This is what I'm going to do, or This is what I shall do. So go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 19. Matthew chapter 9, verse 19. What shall you do? Because one of the questions worry will always ask you, the enemy will send the thought, but it'll sound like you. What are you going to do? 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 This is what I shall do. Matthew 9, verse 19. And Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. It wasn't just the touching of the garment that brought healing. Verse 21, for she said within herself, one of the phrases in the Greek says she kept on saying, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall behold. But Jesus turned about, and when she saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So you see multiple things in play here. The power of God is manifest. 
In another gospel, Jesus says, I felt dunamis, a power, go from me. So we see the power of God is working, but Jesus doesn't attribute the miracle to the power of God. He says, your faith has made you whole. So how did she lay hold to the power of God? She said what was going to happen. I shall be whole. I shall be whole. On top of that, she had a point of contact. Now, what's the point of contact? It's one of the things that Oral Roberts would always talk about. A place where you release your faith. The place where she released her faith is as soon as I touch the garment, I shall be whole. That's her point of contact. The place where she had trained herself to release her faith. What is your point of contact? I was talking about someone yesterday. What is your point of contact? Where have you trained yourself to release your faith? And the thing is, you're going to have to think about that. Because you've trained yourself to release your faith in a certain place or a certain way, whether you know it or not. Some of you come to church and you say, well, as soon as I come in, I'm going to get a word from God. So you have set your faith. Your point of contact is your butt hitting that seat. You've trained yourself that way. That's your point of contact. One of the things people would teach when you have people who like to pray, especially those who pray sitting down in the same spot, they said, pick a certain spot where you pray every day. A certain chair, your certain book, your certain coffee, whatever you're going to bring, and set that up every single day. Because every single day you go there to communicate with God and to hear from God. So that chair, that coffee table, that mug, that notebook has become your point of contact to receive from God. So you need to look over your life. What point of context have you created? I'm not telling you to create a new one. Look over your life. What have you created? And then increase your expectation every time my point of contact is there, I'm going to receive something. You can set a point of contact to receive. You can also set a point of contact to release. One of the things Or Roberts would do, he'll teach people when he lay hands on the sick, don't put your hand on them until you're ready to release your faith. Let your hand be a point of contact. So when I lay hands on the sick, I'm not going to touch them until I'm ready to release my faith. Brother Copeland says, my point of context, when I say, in the name of Jesus, I expect my faith to work. Are there other point of context in Scripture? Yes, the anointing with oil. Is there any special anything about the oil? No. It's the faith that makes oil effective. So you can anoint your house with oil. The point of context is you put the anointing on your door and expecting God to do something. What about those cloths? When Paul sent cloths, that's the point of contact. He prayed over them, and so he had released his faith and the anointing in it. But if the people would receive it in faith, that would be the point of contact, and they would be made whole. Moses in Egypt, God taught him how to use that staff. You looked it up, miracles are going to happen. So his point of contact is anytime I do this, something's going to happen. You train yourself to release your faith. And one of the ways you form it is with the words of your mouth. She said continually, when I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. When I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. So what shall you do? Go to Mark eleven twenty three. Talked about one of Oral Roberts' famous things to preach on. Might as well talk about one of Dad Hagen's famous things to preach on. Mark eleven. Verse 23, 
For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Now notice, saying or praying is mentioned four times, and believing is mentioned once. When Dad Hagen would teach on this, he said the Lord told him one time, most believers don't miss it in the believing, they miss it in the saying. You see say three more times than you see believe. So it might not be, well, did I believe right? Is, is your mouth right? In between the time, as I heard Minister Dathan exhort earlier, in between the promise and where you are right now, what are you saying in the meantime? What are you saying before you get there? Because we all want it to happen right now. People like to talk about all oh, these young people, they just want everything immediate. It's not just the young people. It's the entire American generation life right now. We want everything right now. If it takes more than three seconds to download an attachment, we're upset at someone. We want everything right now. And sometimes we forget there is a process. And while you're in the process, you have to keep your mouth right. Because going into the promised land wasn't going to be something that happened in a course of weeks. How do I know that? Go to Exodus 23. What shall you do? What are you saying in the meantime? How are you responding to that question of worry? Exodus 23. Because when you read through the book of Exodus, in parts of the law which I did in December, we know the journey from Egypt to the promised land, which should only take three weeks. And a lot of times we say, well, for 40 years they wandered. But before they could ever get to the time of wandering, God had them in the wilderness for two years to get them ready. He brought them out of Egypt. They ain't ready for battle, so I'm going to take them another way. See, delay is not always a no. Never underestimate the power of a delay. When you think about when 9-11 happened, there's a lot of people whose lives were saved because they were delayed. They're planning to make that flight, but they missed it because there was a delay. They were planning to be in that building, but they had to take the kids to go and get caught in traffic, and there was a delay. A delay is not always a denial. But in the time of delay, what are you saying? Because there's also times when God will delay you because you're not ready. How do I know that? It's Exodus 23. Let's look at verse 28. I will send hornets before you which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. But... By little and little, I will drive them out from before you until you be increased and inherit the land. 
And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea even unto the Sea of the Philistines and from the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you. Now notice when you look to, when you look in Genesis and in Exodus and Deuteronomy and Joshua, when it talks about the boundaries of the land, it's huge. Some even go from the Nile River to the Euphrates, which is in modern Iraq. It goes north to Lebanon and south to even parts of Arabia, depending on what map you look at. This is a huge territory. But they're not big enough to inhabit that territory. So God told them, I'm not going to make all your enemies disappear in one year. I'm going to leave some of them there. Sometimes we're always trying to battle against giants and speak against giants, and you don't realize your giants have an assignment. Until you're ready to take that area, that giant will stay. But you have to realize that giant is working for you. But when it's time for you to increase and possess, you believe that giant's got to go. But until then, you can keep it ready for me. You may not be ready to take on that house you want. You're believing for it, you want it, but you're not ready to take it on. So until then, that giant may hold on to it for you. Keep it updated. Plant all the flowers you want. Make it look really pretty. And you believing for it, but you're not ready for it. But as soon as you're ready for that house, that giant feels like moving. Delay is not always a denial. And just because it's not happening right now doesn't mean it's never going to happen. But the important thing is that you keep your mouth right in the meantime. Some things take time. This is little by little. It's not going to be a year. It's going to take some time. A lot of times we read through the book of Joshua, man, this happened the next day. No, there was time in between battles. And then you get to some chapters. It's just a summary. A couple of verses here, a couple of verses there. Man, this took weeks. A couple of verses. Oh, a couple of verses. Must have been two days. Now that was a few years. It takes time. How long can you hang? And what will you say while you're hanging? Richard Roberts used to say, well, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. What shall you do? Go to Joshua 14, 12. Joshua 14, 12. Notice what Caleb said to Joshua. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakims, the giants, were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so, be the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. So because Israel wasn't ready, they didn't believe the giants stayed there. Now, the time has changed. And Caleb wants his mountain resort to retire on. Give me, this, give me this mountain, I shall drive them out. I shall be strong enough to handle my enemies. I shall handle these giants. So one of the things, even while your giants are remaining, 
even while your giants are in your face, even when the situation has not moved yet, you are going to say, I shall be able to handle it. I can handle it. You shall move. You're not staying there forever. You're about to be evicted. Sometimes you just got to announce an eviction notice to problems in your life. And you'll sometimes, spirits and things and situations that you announce eviction notice to, don't leave. Why? People get evicted all the time. Doesn't mean they leave. There are demons that are squatters. But you have to give your circumstance an eviction notice. You cannot stay. You shall change. Well, how long do I keep speaking till it changes? How long do I hang on till you get what you want? Because the only other option is to quit. And if you quit, you're not going to get So you might as well hang on and keep working faith till it manifests for you. What shall you do? So go to Psalm 16, verse 8. What shall you do? When the war is raging, when the circumstance and the situation seems tight, when it seems like everything's trying to take you down, but you've announced an eviction notice to your giant, you've announced an eviction notice to your enemy. When it seems like they're trying to hold on and trying to claim legal right because they've been there so long, what shall you do? David says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. One of the things you have to announce the life into your situations, I shall not be moved. Say it with me. Say, I shall not be moved. It doesn't matter what happens. you got to respond, I shall not be moved. I'm believing for increase. Another bill shows up. I shall not be moved. I'm believing for healing and wholeness, but the doctor gives me another report on top of the other report. I shall not be moved. You're believing for the salvation of your children. They get arrested. I shall not be moved. You have to announce it. Say, I shall not be moved. moved. See, Psalm 18, verse 29 in the New Living Translation says, In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. King James says, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. So what are you saying? I shall crush my enemy. I shall leap over anything that tries to hold me back. Say, I shall leap over any limitation. Say, I shall crush my enemy. See, when you crush an enemy, it's not like I just won by a little bit. It's more than conquering. So say, I shall crush my enemy. Say, I shall leap over any limitation. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Amplified Classic Edition says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed God and shield me I shall not lack. 
Because God is my shepherd. He is feeding me. He is guiding me. He is shielding me. I'm not about to lack. Sometimes you have to announce your financial situations. The day of me being broke is over. Not prospering is not an option. Why? I shall not lack. But you don't see my bank account. I shall not lack. I owe. I shall not lack. The creditors are calling. I shall not lack. Have you seen my student loans? I shall not lack. Have you seen this medical bill? I shall not lack. Insurance went up. I shall not lack. I need new tires. I shall not lack. Did you see what my kids brought home? I shall not lack. Psalm 27, verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So you have to announce, I shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I shall see the goodness of God in my life. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to get worn out. I'm not going to faint. I shall see the goodness of God. Say, I shall see the goodness of God in my life. Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So it doesn't matter what it feels like, what is going on, you got to announce, I shall not be forsaken. I don't care what they're saying about me, my God is not about to let me down. So you announce to the situation, I shall not be forsaken. You're not about to catch me begging bread. My God is going to come through for me. So he said, I shall not be forsaken. forsaken. Go to Psalm 42, verse 5. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. So every day you feel weak, every time you feel beat up, every time you don't feel going, going forward, like, nope, I shall yet praise him. It doesn't matter what I feel like, I shall praise him anyway. doesn't matter if I'm tired, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the doctor says, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the bank account says, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what my job said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the president said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what Congress said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the Supreme Court said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the economy said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the reporter said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what the news said, I shall praise him. doesn't matter what I hear, I shall praise him. So my praise is not dictated by my circumstance. My praise is not dictated by my situation. My praise is not dictated by my feelings. My praise is not dictated by what I see. I have made a quality decision that no matter what I feel like, no matter what I'm in, I shall praise the Lord. The praises of God shall continually be in my mouth. I will lift up the high praises unto Zion and sing because I look up from whence cometh my help. You make a quality decision right now. I'm going to praise God no matter what. Well, what if I die? I'll go out praising. 
And when I cross over, I'll still be praising. Go to Psalm 84. Psalm 84, verse 7. What shall you do? Psalm 84, verse 7. They, grow, they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. So they said, oh, I'm getting tired. I'm getting weaker. I'm getting older. I'm getting worn out. No, I shall go from strength to strength. I shall grow stronger. I shall go from strength to strength. Someone asked me one time, man, you're preaching two experiences on a Sunday. How you doing? I shall go from strength to strength. Doesn't matter if I got to do three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I shall go from strength to strength. So instead of saying what you feel like and how weak you feel, you need to say, I shall go from strength to strength. See, there's a time you come into the presence of God and you just real, God, this is what I'm going through. This is what I feel like. See, don't come into the presence of God being fake and calling it faith. It's not. So many people have turned the word of faith into the word of fake. The presence of God is where you come come to to process your emotions. But just because you came in weak and feeling depressed is not the way you're supposed to leave. You come in with your care, your worry, your anxiety, and you put it down. You lay it all at the feet of Jesus who cares for you. And so I give you my issues. This is how I feel like this is what I'm going through. But I'm not staying here because I shall go from strength to strength. So when I go into the presence of God, my problems seem huge. When I leave out, they seem tiny. The problem didn't change, just my perspective. Say, I shall go from strength to strength. Go to Psalm 92 verse 10. Psalm 92, verse 10, but my horn shall be exalted like the horn of the ox. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. It's not just I'm living off the anointing that was on my life a decade ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. The anointing on my life is fresh. It's fresh enough to handle whatever new problem may come my way. Because God in his prevision and his providence saw in 2018, I would need this type of anointing to deal with the circumstances of 2018. So before the world began, he provided a fresh anointing and he pulled it out fresh when I came before his presence today. Say, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. See, the anointing is the bird-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So it doesn't matter what situation I run into or what circumstance I face, I have fresh power to deal with it. Go to Psalm 118, verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. When your situations and your circumstances say you're about to die. When the doctor's report say you're about to die. I shall not die, 
but live. I shall declare the works of the Lord. You have to respond to your situation. Nope, I'm not going down. I'm not doing this. This is what I shall do. Go to Micah chapter 7 verse 8. Micah chapter 7 verse 8. Micah chapter 7, verse 8. It says, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. So you're announcing to your haters and your enemies. Don't get too happy because it looks like I'm tripped up. Don't get so happy because it looks like I'm failing. Don't start celebrating because you think I lost. Because when I fall, I shall arise. Even though it looks like I'm down, I shall get back up again. So although you may be happy that it looks like it's hard for me right now, keep watching. Because I shall arise. Don't believe me? Just watch. Go to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. So you announce, I shall trust in the Lord. I shall keep my mind on him, and he is going to keep me in perfect peace. How do you keep your mind focused? You tell your mind what to do. I shall keep my mind on the Lord. I shall trust in the Lord, and he's going to keep me in perfect peace. Go to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Remember, as we looked at last week, the observer, the observer prospers. Talk about having good success. In the Hebrew, that word, that phrase is also shall break out. That phrase prosper also means to break out. So Isaiah 54, verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not length in your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall break forth on the right hand and break forth on the left. Your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed. Neither be thou confounded, for you shall not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. God even told the people coming out of Egypt, you will forget the reproach of Egypt. I will roll it off of you. So what do you announce? I shall enlarge my territory. Say, I shall enlarge my territory. I shall break out on the right. I shall break out on the left. I shall not fear. I shall not be ashamed. That's what you announce when life tries to squeeze you. When you're in a tight spot, that's what that word in the King James distress means. 
when life is closing in, the enemy is closing in, I shall break out. When it seems like life has limited you, things you've been through has limited you. People limit you because of where you come from, who you are, your education, whatever they limit you. I shall break out of my limitations. Well, you know they don't pay women well in corporate America. I shall break out of that limitation. Well, you know you're too young to make that amount of money. I shall break out of that limitation. You know you're too old to still be working there. I shall break out of that limitation. You know they don't want to pay you this because you're black, white, Hispanic, immigrant, non-immigrant, whatever it is. I shall break out of that limitation. So although they can put all the hashtags they want, they can protest all they want, and while they work for social change, which is good, your mouth has to change so you can get there ahead of them. Because if you get there ahead of them, you can bring them to where you are. But you have to announce you're not going to be limited by what, you, what people say about you. You know, when Bill Winston bought his property up in the Chicago area, they came up to him and said, Pastor, you know they don't want a black man to have that? He said, what does that got to do with me? He said, I'm the seed of Abraham. You ain't about to limit me. So people will tell you for whatever reason, you're black, you're white, you're Hispanic. You're an immigrant, you're not an immigrant. You're old, you're young. You're educated, you're non-educated. There's so many things they can tell you why you can't do what you're going to do. Your response is, I shall break out of that limitation. You shall not limit me. Jeremiah 29, 11, we said, for, God says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil or trouble, to give you an expected end. We said a couple Sundays ago that word expected means an end you would hope for. So you know, it's, I shall have an expected end. Come on, say, I shall have an expected end. I shall have what I'm hoping for. Go to Daniel 11, verse 32. What shall you do? Daniel eleven thirty two. 32. The latter part of that verse says, But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Say, I shall be strong. I shall do exploits because I know my God. So Zeta said, oh, I'm feeling weak. I shall be strong. Oh, there's nothing much you can really do. Everybody's ever done everything new. I shall do exploits. Innovate. Stop thinking, well, my old job's going to come back. Innovate. Well, this industry's going to come back. Innovate. You got to make an announcement. You ain't about to be blockbuster. That's one of the things I tell my staff all the time. We're not going to be blockbuster. So it doesn't matter what the trend is going. You serve a God who is the creator, which means he's creative. His wisdom by nature is creative. So it doesn't matter how the trends change, he can give you the creative idea to take you to the future. Isaiah also says he will teach you how to profit. The Holy Ghost knows everything. If you listen to him, he'll make you look like a genius. If you don't listen to them, you'll look normal. There's too many normal-looking Christians. 
But if you listen, you'll keep being ahead of every curve. You'll win every time. Go to Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Know what Paul is saying. He's speaking to the ministers in the Ephesus area, having a minister's conference. He's talking about, I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't know what's going to happen there, but everywhere I go, the Holy Ghost keeps warning me that there's trouble ahead. There's pressure ahead. Circumstance are going to be tight ahead. But what does he say in verse 24? But none of these things move me. It sounds like I shall not be moved. It says, neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I was looking at something earlier, thinking about different plans and different things. And a weight or care of ministry tried to get upon me. And the voice said, well, what are you going to do? And in my heart I heard, I shall finish my course with joy. So what does that mean? Not just I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to do it with joy. Because why? I'm heading toward the end that I hope for. Not just the final end. Every segment of my race, I'm going to finish with joy. So I'm not going to be lacking or insufficient or deficient in any area. I'm going to complete well, God assigned it to me, and I'm going to do it full of joy. When Paul stood before King Agrippa and leaders in the area, I said, Paul, what do you got to say about yourself? He could have said a lot of things. I'm confused. I'm tired. I've been in jail two years. The Holy Ghost told me things were waiting for me, and, well, he was right. But he said, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. Another translation, King Agrippa, I'm a happy man. You got to think, Paul, you under house arrest. How are you a happy person right now? He says, God told me years ago that one day I'll be standing right here. And so although y'all trying to kill me, God told me I would be here. So I think myself happy. What did Paul say we learn in Corinthians? That in any situation, I think well. Why? So that the grace of God may rest upon me. So I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be dismayed. I'm not going to have a panic attack. I shall finish my course with joy. I think myself happy. I'm filled with joy. What did Paul say in Philippians 4? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. What are you going to do? I shall rejoice. I shall celebrate. I shall praise. I shall be filled with joy. Even though you may feel like crying, he said, I shall be filled with joy. Oh, I feel like pouting. I shall rejoice. You don't understand how I feel. I feel like eating a carton of ice cream. I shall rejoice. You're telling yourself what you're going to do. Let's finish this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always, what's that word? 
Say it again. Always. Say it one more time. Always. Causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Always causes us to triumph. No matter where it is, no matter what it is, always causes us to triumph. So that means I should say, I shall triumph. Doesn't matter what I'm facing, I shall triumph. I'm going to win. Start being like Muhammad Ali. Not only am I going to win, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to win. I'm going to beat you in this round. Sting like a bee. You're going down. And then you know what you also do? Laugh. You got to laugh. I shall do this, and I'm going to laugh. Pastor, you don't know. I feel like crying. Yep, we all feel like crying sometimes. Might as well laugh anyways. Some of you ladies might as well just laugh. You can cry, you can ruin your mascara, then go buy some more, so you might as well laugh. <laughs> what shall you do? You have to say what you're going to do. And then get before God, what are some personal things he's called you to do? What are some specific things he's placed over your life? Then you have to announce, I shall do this. Oh, I'm going to open this business. I shall open this business. This is how. I'm, this is the type of husband. This is the type of wife I'm going to be. This is the type of parent I'm going to be. This is the type of grandparent I'm going to be. This is the type of boss I'm going to be. This is the type of giver I'm going to be. You have to announce it. Your dream sets your agenda. Your mouth sets your course. James even said, our mouth can set our situation in nature on fire, and the fire is from hell. So you can either set your life aflame with hellfire because you run in your mouth, or you can announce what you're going to have and experience Holy Ghost and fire that makes your life look like heaven. You have to announce what shall you do. That's how you answer the voice of worry. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is what I shall do. And say it with confidence and laugh a little bit. You have to announce your situation. Don't get tired of walking by faith. Don't get tired of your faith confession. Because there's a great recompense of reward. God never forgets a seed sown. He never forgets a labor of love. He never forgets any faith words you have spoken. What happened with Cornelius? He wasn't even born again yet. He was just a follower of the law. God told him, your giving and your prayers have formed a memorial before me. Why did that angel come? Because there was a memorial before God. Cornelius wasn't even born again, but he constructed something in heaven. Jesus is the great high priest of your confession or your profession. Give him some words to work with. If he's the high priest of our confession, I might as well give him something to work with. And don't just take some up, I'm just going to confess this. No, go to the book and announce from the book what you shall do. And keep saying it. And keep saying it. And keep saying it. And keep saying it until it comes to pass. You've already prayed about it, so talk about it. And then praise God for it. And if you plan for something to happen, you might as well plan for it. So when it shows up, it doesn't shock you. You're like, oh, God actually did what he said he was going to do. 
No, plan for it. Talk about it. This is what I said a couple weeks ago. I learned from Brother Jesse. If you're not talking about your vision, your vision is talking about you. So what shall you do? You got to open your mouth and say something. And I just gave you several things to say. Stand to your feet. Well, Father, we thank you. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. You're so faithful to us. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for the creative power you've placed in our tongue. We said life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it eat the fruit of it. So we thank you for this word and the encouragement and the exhortation of the Holy Ghost. We know what we shall do. And we're going to announce it to our situation. Give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. So take a few moments before God and think about some personal things that you need to say that you're going to do. And you don't have to say them loud, but after you know some things you need to announce that you shall do, go ahead and say it. It can be under your breath. So say what you shall do. Some of you might need to say, I shall recover all. I shall be restored. I shall dream again. I shall be made whole. Some of you husbands need to say, I shall love my wife as Christ loves the church. Some of you parents say, I shall raise my kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I shall prosper, for I shall not lack. Announce some things. What shall you do? Because when you think about that great promised land they were given, they didn't always inhabit that full area. So they were given this huge area God says is yours, yet they only inhabited a small spot. What small spot are you inhabiting, and what great thing has God made available? You'll begin to possess it when you begin to say the right thing. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.